welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies. Those gone by, mostly ignore it. Look at the ones come out on the exact same day. Now, my name is Lincoln. I'm a comic out here in London. Uh, shout outs to myself. Shout outs to my co-host Sam. How you doing, my dude? I'm all right, Lincoln. I'm, all right. I'm I'm good. I'm all right, good. Sam. Uh, <laughs> coming to us from the bottom of a well. <laughs> it's been a deep night. It's, it's been, been a deep, a, deep night. Um, and then we are joined by a special guest, Gary. Hello. Hi. So we're joined by uh, the very special Gary from Choose Film, a real uh, retrospective um, in which he uh, reviews films with his better half. A half. A half. A half. Yep. <laughs> uh, just, just a half. A, a creative half. <laughs> Yeah, see, I've been shipping you on the on the podcast, uh, listening to it. But um, just just tell us about your podcast. Guys. Yeah, so we started up during lockdown, as many film podcasts started, and the idea was that each episode we get a guest on, and the guest picks the film, so we have no choice in it at all. Uh, all we give them is a theme, and they need to try and find a film that matches that. So we did first features which was like a director's first film and then we did scott uh, best of scotland feel good films and now we're just about to go into cinematic classics now it's good stuff man these guys know their stuff uh over there i've been listening to it and that's choose film uh i don't know what you call that the the two dots on top uh, of each colon? other we're really is that a colon? colon what's a parenthesis yeah <laughs> oh word that's all right fair play this is the. I just want to flag flag in the sand. This is the mo- this is the first time I've felt like I actually know more about practical normal shit than Lincoln on this. Sam, podcast. if you think that's, that's making good. it into the final edit, you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> you piece that is of never. Shit. That's catch that at uh, B plot after dark, where we where we hide all of our more objectionable um, material. No, guys, two movies uh, as we always do. The first one, on the one hand, we have the 1987. Robocop. I want to stress the 1987, not the recent remake. 1987 Robocop, the Paul Verhoeven classic. Uh, And on the exact same day, uh, we have Jaws 4, The Revenge. Jaws 4, The Revenge. And um, now I think we should start with Robocop. So I think we should start with Robocop. Sam, relationship to Robocop, please kick us off. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it before. Oh, sorry. Maybe you should give us the premise. First, oh, the premise. Because anyone has Robocop. Yeah, Robocop is about. Uh, is it set in the future? Is it supposed to be the future? Right. So, n- nearish future from 1987. Murphy is like a new beat cop. He just gets brutally murdered. Like he gets Mortal Kombat fatalityed. They go. Let's bring him back as a robot cop. I don't know why with the the guy's completely dead. It feels like you could just use potatoes or anything and it would do the same function. But they go, let's bring him back as a, a robot cop. Uh, and then he slowly starts to regain his sentence to try and take revenge on his killers. Perfect. Gary, your relationship with this joint? Have you seen it before? What did you make watching it this time around? Yeah, so this film, like so many others I've seen before, I should have been of legal age to watch it. <laughs> My uncle loved to introduce me to these really violent films, and Robocop was no different. Um, but it's weird because 
I went and watched, for this podcast, I actually went and watched Robocop, then Robocop 2 and 3. And I think as a kid, I loved 3. And then going back and watching them all, it's pretty bad. So I'm just a fan of the original first one, yeah. Yeah, I think I seen, I think I saw 2. And I never saw one. I realized as I as I went back and was, I've never seen this film before. Oh. Again. However, however, if you had asked me, Lincoln, have you seen this film before? I would fight you in the streets. 100% I've seen Robocop. <laughs> I explain the plot to you. Fucking take my shirt off bare-chested, dude. We're knuckling up on the street. But yeah, it was, uh, it's, you're right. Horrendously violent. Um, hilariously violent, I should probably say. Um, what about you, Sam? You're a Robocop guy? I, I was never a big Robocop guy. I was always, I was a Terminator guy. I was always a Terminator guy as a kid. Uh, Robocop, I think I liked it. I think I liked it when I was a kid. Watching it again, I was like, it's quite hard to go back to because it is just Mr. Weller doing the actual robot, like the dance for a lot of the acting. Beep, boop, beep. And it's this kind of thing. There's this like, this 80s thing, which... I kind of miss and kind of see why we don't do any more of, yeah, this is just fucking crazy and like tonally doesn't match the shit because you've got uh, Robocop walking around like looking like Guyver and it's this just like you guys said, it's this super violent movie. It's just, it's horrendously violent. I'm like, is this for, what's the age demographic? I know it's like 18, but it feels like part kids film, part X rated like band content film, you know? I think as well that's what kind of the problem is and that's why like Robocop 3 is so bad because kids loved Robocop and therefore with each film it gets a little less violent until you've got them in a jetpack flying through the streets, you know? It's like it just starts to get marketed towards kids. Mm. Well, is it a little less violent or has it been the anti-fascist anti-corporate greed screed has that been toned down as it became a franchise i think that's what's happened because uh, i'll hold up my hand look guys we're big fans of verhoeven we love verhoeven don't we you, you, um, you yeah, do we have uh, <laughs> we love verhoeven guys um we've had uh showgirls on here which I, I i accept is not his best expression of what he does best um the best thing he probably does is something like starship troopers mm. which is basically like about like uh, anti-fascist movie and um here's the problem with verhoeven i've always found is um first of all you're not clever everyone knows this is a satire um but the problem with verhoeven is the problem with a lot of the top filmmakers is that verhoeven um above having like really high-minded cinematic concepts about the militarization of the police and um the destruction of whatever sort of corporate ethics we have he also just likes blowing shit up <laughs> and it's very difficult to decide which part is like which part is a satire and which part verhoeven's just like well you know i just believe that it's the best <laughs> i just really wanted the bloody script <laughs> It's very difficult and it's and if you're not locked in it it can throw you around i think as well though that's also what kind of makes it magical because with the over-the-top action, I think he's actually saying, especially in America, you just love this. So I'm going to take it like 10 times bigger than your average action film and you're going to almost squirm at it, but keep watching because at the end of the day, you love it, you're Americans and you love gunpowder and you love 
like car crashes and explosions. So I'm just going to give you it basically on acid. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but the thing is, Gary, you have to remember is he fucking loves it too. And that's the thing. I, Verhoeven is, um, he's like, yeah, I'll critique your shit. But in the meantime, there is like the lizard brain part of his brain. It's like, that is, that is a nice experience. <laughs> Look at this melty face. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> and then, so like, you can't like divorce these kinds of things from it. And um, I'll tell you what, I watched it back this time around. I will say it was a little bit of a tough watch. Um, it took me a while to get through it. Uh, the movie is about an hour and 40. I watched it in about four hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> took frequent breaks. Very funny. Very funny. I forgot how funny it was. Um, I loved uh, even just like the really, the um, the robot, the other robot, just like getting stuck in a, in a, I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed 209, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I show. also love that scene as well where uh, Ed 209 can't take the stairs and... I think there's something to be said in that as well, that it's almost Robocop's humanity, the basic human steps that we can take that is what's going to make us beat machines. Like, the only reason Robocop can still get down a flight of stairs is because there's that human brain that knows how to use stairs. And then Ed 209 gets there and is like, shit. <laughs> mm. But it is also, I mean, this is, and it's it, because it is such a, like intentionally silly movie. It is always that thing though, that I always come back to with the core premise of like, surely the only benefit of using a human guy is so that he can regain his sentience to take revenge on you who has done this to it. It's like, it's the Frankenstein story, but with Frankenstein is the idea of it. Let's just make Frankenstein the LAPD. Uh, so it's kind of, I don't know, man. I feel like Ed 209 was the banger. Like into for the business side, just go with Ed two hundred nine. We can't, we can't fight back against that. Yeah, that's true. It's like if you watch MythBusters, every time like they have to make a machine, they always make the stupidest looking <laughs> machine. But because we're humans, we want to make things that like in our image, <laughs> and that's like the machine is like highly ineffectual and doesn't work. Um, I like, I like that they said it in. I forgot actually that they said it in Detroit and somewhere, somewhere maybe Gary, you, um, I, I. About to your superior from knowledge. Gary, very um, eloquent man. Um, I like that you bring high-minded concepts in here. I appreciate that. Somewhere, someone's going to have to say why, when the depictions of the future changed. So in the Robocop, we're still firmly in like, the future's going to be way worse. Depictions of the, of the world. And then something weird happened. We went to... Um, we went to a place where the future is going to be way better. Minority report, etc. blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of like utopias. And I think now we've gone back again because I think that depiction of Detroit is, is pretty yes. accurate <laughs> as it stands. I, I want a quick rewind on uh, minority report as better. That's... Oh, did you see? The lighting is all, it's all nice. And <laughs> you like... mean the decor? Yeah, that's you what just I mean. mean the day it looks better. Right, yeah. I mean, the future looks Demolition. better. I was like, this, this, it looks, no. this 1984 is like literally the thought police. I was like, that sounds a lot worse than any other day. Sam, you're very paranoid <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> 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 um, guys, let's talk about the greatest character of all time. Um, let's talk about, uh, I don't know. Red the from that 70s character. show, yeah? Uh, not read from that 70s show. Um, the Coke bro. 
who uh, who makes Robocop. Uh, what's the name of this actor? I, can't I don't even know. remember the name of the character. That is oh, really man. bad. Um, it's the guy that hates Dick Jones, isn't it? Is that who you mean? Yes. Yeah, I think that's him. He says uh, he is good, man. This guy is. This guy's a lot of fun. Um, my favorite scene in the whole film, probably when he does coke with um, two young ladies, and um, a very a very cokey conversation, because he says, and I want to. Sorry, let me just. I love to be with intelligent women. <laughs> before, before he snorts a line off her cleavage. Yeah. Sorry, man. That's good shit. That's good shit. He, he's an interesting character as well because he's the underdog almost of OCP. He's trying to make this new uh, prototype. He finally gets to do it. And then you almost are rooting for him. And then you start to hate him and to the point where... Um, the best villain ever um, comes into it and puts the grenade on the on the table, and you're almost thinking, does he deserve to die? Like after everything he's done, or like I don't know. What do you guys feel? Do you use are you feeling sorry for him at that point, or you're like, eh, he kind of deserves it? Nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah see, I'm good. I'm good with that death. Uh, that's a and that's moment. why Verhoeven is great as well because. Like, you're just kind of rooted for this guy to create Robocop, then you're like, actually, I'm still okay with him dying. <laughs> I think that's actually, I think that's it's actually really interesting point, and it is the thing I like most about the film, because it's got that kind of, the thick of it layer of piss take, where it's gone, to, the satire is like, oh yeah, look, the militarization of the police, and this is the kind of corporate-minded thing, but the reality is always all of these like big disasters or all of these like huge like cock-ups are because somebody who didn't really know what they were doing chanced it. There's never like a, like there's never a true conspiracy of like, yeah, they're injecting tracking into the vaccine. It's like, no, we just didn't know what the fuck we were doing and rushed it out like every other job. Oh man, that's just the, that, and that's the fact of life that I think we've, as I've grown older, that's uh, horrified me and also weirdly, um, uh, given me a bit of peace and solace is the true outcome of whatever evil you think it is is so much dumber mm. than you think it is you think that like oh man this is a great conspiracy this great web this robocop shit is going to go out it's so dumb it's just and the, and the 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 reason why they have to get robocop is so dumb it's because they malfunctioned and shot the guy to death <laughs> yeah and it, just what a dumb way. It's not like this is completely... Also, I, I've never understood this in, in movies. It's like, okay, this is this big co corporate culture, whatever. They're like, no, we have to roll this thing out in three months. And I'm like, what about we roll it out in four months? Like, what, <laughs> what about we push it back by a month? We own the company. This is all our shit. What, this seems like it's a monopoly. It doesn't seem like there's other Robocops. We could just do it whenever we want. It's funny in that scene as well, but no. because the only thing they're worried about is the amount of like millions of dollars that this meeting has just cost them. Like when Ed 209 malfunctions and shoots the guy, they don't even care about the corpse that's lying there. They're like, this has just cost us millions, you know? And then it's like that chance. I think the character's called Morton, the one that wants to create Robocop. Um, is it Miguel Ferrer? Maybe it doesn't matter. Um, Not sure. But that's Not sure. like this guy's been murdered 
in front of his eyes and the only thing he wants to do is jump in there with his new bright prototype idea which is Robocop <laughs> and I just think that's saying something there as well like they're so used to like malfunctions and people dying in boardroom meetings that just the next thing to do is get my prototype on the go <laughs> also can I just say though like given uh shout outs to my the gang shout outs to Red from that 70s show just murdering people ka, 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 making the chopper go um, that would ruin my confidence as a criminal. Um, if I was trying to kill someone to the extent that they had to kill um, Robocop Murphy, mm. and then the guy's just back, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I need to go back to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to fight because they, dude, they. It was hilarious how much they killed him. It was, <laughs> it was one of the biggest. They shot him through the brain. Like I would, that would alter my whole worldview. Yeah, you know, I'd like I'd convert to Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fucking I don't I don't know what I would do, but like, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe this murdering record, you know, I, maybe it's not for me. Yeah, maybe I'm not good at it. Yeah. The everybody else seems to be putting people down real quick. <laughs> it was look, it is what it is. Um, what about the depiction of Detroit, a hollowed out American city? <laughs> a, um, pretty accurate, I think. Up <laughs> pretty until. Accurate. I think I think uh, I think Chicago took murder capital from Detroit in like 2005 or 6. I think it was like that you know, late. You know what's an hilarious story is like um I think it's a few years ago Detroit had to like vote to put like a statue up in the city. And like you know like how Philadelphia has a rock <laughs> no, statue. No, they didn't. <laughs> they voted for RoboCop. <laughs> This monument to how shitty this city is <laughs> and how rundown it's become. They're like, ah, that's actually, to be fair, that is pretty cool. Though. That is yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, if they're not, I think they've actually just finished it, or they're like putting the finishing touches on it just now. And let's be honest, if any of us went to Detroit, you're going to get your photo taken with it, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's fucking brilliant. I'm sure there's real people who are from Detroit who have really helped that community <laughs> yeah. like given their lives and some sort of civil rights activists yeah so I was like nah where is it I hope it's outside like a really like at the public library I hope it's outside something really useful to the city and you have to look at Robocop every time oh, I'm pretty sure for crime that is pretty good. I'm pretty sure as well that um, the three films weren't even filmed in Detroit <laughs> I would not be surprised. Dude, that's mad to me. That's like, I'm a South African. That's like if I, if we vote for a statue, people are like, ah, oh, do you want to put up a statue of Nelson Mandela? Nah. Let's put up a statue of a cockroach from District 9. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of the city, we'll put up a statue of uh, the prawns. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's wild to me. I love shit like that. I love when, when cities don't cooperate. Because you have to believe you have to believe that the people who put that poll together, they were like, nah, man, let's let's try and see whoever came from Detroit. Well, nah, nah, nah. Peter Weller. But I think as well, like, just the depiction of the future, and we're talking about how, like, relevant it is now, um, because OCP and this own the police force, right? Mm. And there's all this, all these talks about trying to sell the NHS, and there was a fight against that, and so it is quite relevant. Like there's got police corruption, there's uh, politics with their corruption, um, 
corporate consumerism, everything that is happening now is in this film from the 80s and there's so much of it other than this half machine, half man robot, <laughs> like everything else kind of fits mm. well and scarily well. <laughs> what I was going to say is like, I, I'm very interested in the depictions of nudity and kind of sexuality and stuff in Robocop specifically, because this is something I noticed from, um, that I noticed from Starship Troopers, noticed from Showgirls, um, how uh, sex and nudity in like Verhoeven's movies, like incredibly unsexy. Um, and in fact, there's like this breakdown of gender norms within uh, the police force. Like they get dressed in front of each other. Like everyone is naked and showers together. And there's not a hint of like a, of a sexuality. So I'm, what's interesting for me is that like, as we've moved forward into the world, it's become a dystopia. But like I've always said, and if you go back on the podcast, I'm on the record. Once we move into the future and the world goes to shit, we will solve all of our petty squabbles immediately. I, 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 right. I, I disagree with the Vic because of Showgirls. I disagree with what you think the intent of the, the sexual depiction is. I think, I think he wants all of it to be sexy. He just doesn't know what sexy is. Because if you watch Showgirls, you're like, this is... I feel like you're trying to be arousing, but this is horrendous. I think it's on purpose. I think it's the same as the violence in Robocop, where he's like, you like sex? I'm going to take it over the top. And I'm going to make, I'm going to make it so over the top, it's going to put you off sex. <laughs> um, that scene where... Is it one of the police officers are walking through like the lockers and sh showers in Robocop and there is just women and guys walking about naked, very similar to the scene in Starship Troopers. But it's so far almost, it's so normal in the scene, like nobody's batting an eyelid at each other that me as a child, I didn't even notice the boobs on screen. You know, it wasn't until I was an adult when usually, you know, as a kid, you're kind of like fascinated when you see something like that. It's just like someone is it tracks someone going through this locker room that my eyes were on what the characters were saying and what they were doing that i actually totally missed the naked women in it and i don't know if that's a good thing i think it is a good thing because he's like going in the future you won't even bat an eyelid at this i don't know i don't know if missing naked women is ever a good thing so <laughs> Sam, was, I don't know. Was there any penis? Did we get any penis? No visible no. penis. That was very disappointing. That's, I needed to see a schlong. That's mm. what, yeah, that's what takes me out of any good intent. I'm like, if you had real intent, you would show a, a soggy penis right now. But you know, that, you know what's, room. what's weird about like American like rating system and stuff, like all of that violence and someone would see a tiny little penis, tiny little, and then, and then that movie would be like, no, nah, we can't do that. In fact, blowing like just thinking about it, that's what I would do if I was a filmmaker. I would be like, all right, I will. I wanted to get like some extra violent scenes in. I'll have like a visible penis. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, you can't. I'll be like, all right, I'll lose the penis so I can keep all my violent scenes. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, guys, we have to move on to Jaws for the Revenge. Now, um, one of our better episodes that we've had on this podcast is when we actually did Jaws. And Sam, I want to say that was the Devil's Reign, wasn't it? It was the same 
Yeah, The Devil's Reign, the William Shatner featuring The Devil's Reign. Um, so that's in the archives if you want to check that out. Uh, Jaws 4. Sam, give us the premise. Uh, Jaws 4, The Revenge is... George, Jaws 4, parentheses, or colon. <laughs> <laughs> the Revenge. Yeah, it picks up following Roy Scheider's family. I Just for reference, I haven't seen two or three, but four... Picks up with Roy Scheider's family. The youngest son is then killed by another great white shark. And so his brother takes the grieving mum to the Bahamas for like a research mm. holiday. And I don't know. I don't know whether the revenge... I mean, I know it's the revenge is like... Is it the family getting revenge on just a shark or the shark come back for revenge? I don't know. There's a psychic link between shark and mum. That's it. Mm. Gary, your thoughts? So when you asked me to come on this podcast, I wanted to try and find a film that flopped that I kind of enjoyed and then find, you know, the blockbuster that came out in the same day. As a kid, I enjoyed this, but this isn't a good film. Like, even the mm. even the font at the start is terrible. <laughs> um, oh, my God. That's how, that's how fucking, how much Gary fucking hates um, this fucking As film. a kid? It's like your fucking font. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most no I'm the, this is what we do here but I want to say this is the most pedantic piece of film criticism nah oh, the font too big too big make it smaller it was too much in italics there was no need why, why are you shifting stuff to why are you tilting to the right um alright guys guys welcome to film class um first thing we've got to learn um font really important uh should we worry about perspective nah Look, uh, look, I'm I'm gonna side font. with Ga- I'm gonna side with Gary on this as well. As a guy who involuntarily did a year of font at fucking school, <laughs> it was really irritating to look at. It was like, guys, it's because you have what like one of the most classic summer blockbusters ever endures. Every piece of that film is tight. Every piece of that design, and then I'm I feel like I'm looking at Clippy going like now we're gonna go back to Jaws again. And I'm like I don't. There was only run. like five fonts in the whole of 1987 though. No, that's there were there five were, fonts. I'm no, I know you're joking just to be annoying, but there were five there, fonts or way too many fonts, and that was the wrong one. See, even if they changed all the characters in this film to people we didn't like recognize or know about and kept the title font the same, people would be happier. <laughs> I feel like I can hear listeners just like pressing fast forward. <laughs> like these guys, these guys are talking about fonts. I think I think they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, but the problem. But sorry, Gary, I interrupted you. No, the the problem with this film is they try and tie it into Jaws because see if this was a film just set in the Caribbean um, with a new shark and a new group of characters, it would probably be more entertaining. But it's this almost weird way to try and tie it into the original and for me it just doesn't work but if it was a standalone shark film you know with michael kane you'd probably watch it <laughs> uh michael kane uh my i don't know if he was going through a divorce at the time or i don't know it lost a lot of like had some really michael jordan level gambling debts or something but he was he he did not need to be in this uh, at all, I was just gonna say Michael Caine. I feel there's this past past the Italian job. Michael Caine in basically every movie is there to spout like irrelevant fables 
just to a protagonist it's always like come here darling you got to do the thing otherwise the sun will set on the bigger tent and you're like i don't know what that <laughs> nobody fucking gives a shit dude and it's like it's the same stuff from the batman movies where the, the sun always rises blah, blah, blah. Like, no, he was like a, and then this one he was like a cockney pepula pew like he was yeah. just <laughs> she's just trying to smash and to be fair she's a beautiful lady beautiful lady uh the mum from two and a half men i now realize i suspect is that her no i don't know never watched it mm. anyway um yeah michael kane uh very lecherous but in a nice way uh in the way that you want our people to be um supposedly he basically was handed the script seen that it was set in the bahamas and decided that's a holiday and that's why he <laughs> took it but ironically when they were filming supposedly he was nominated for an Oscar and couldn't actually pick up his award because he was filming Jaws for The Revenge. <laughs> I mean, you can't write that. You can't. <laughs> which which film was he nominated for, uh, for an Oscar for? You, we could probably work it out. It would have been probably he, the 1986 Oscars, probably. Anyway, he... Uh... I was trying to get the bag, and I respect that. I respect that from from Michael Caine. Bagad is Sam, is the shark, and I don't, uh, you know, cut me off. Is the shark much like in the first Jaws? The shark was uh, racism. Mm-hmm. In this uh, movie, is the shark uh, sexism? Hit me up. The shark only kills the male side. Of the uh, of the Shida clan, and it's also clear that the mum has some sort of psychic connection uh, with the with the shark. Is she, in fact? Hang on, is she the shark, Sam? Thank you. No. Okay, thank you. That's good. <laughs> just trying to see. <laughs> just trying to try it on, see how it feels. No, the shark only kills one male member of the family in this movie. The shark only kills the guy at the beginning, and then a strange woman on the beach. No, I don't think. Did the shark kill the woman on the beach, or did he just bite off the leg? Uh, no, it just dragged her under, and she wasn't seen again. Oh, okay. That's yeah, that'll do it. But I mean, the shark did kill Roy Scheider because he died of uh, quote unquote fear (laughs) (laughs) off screen in a different movie supposedly it was going to be him at the start rather than the son and he was like i I ain't coming back for this i ain't coming back Mm. so find some other way to do it (laughs) and it's really sad man it's really sad given how uh tense and and just amazing the original jaws was just this really taut bit of string that's just right um, how incredibly boring this one is. Well, I would... S- and also, can we... Sorry. No, when you go, so. uh, sorry, you go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Gary. I was just going to say, there's only one way for me that I can enjoy this film as an adult, and it's if you take a real, almost meta-reading of it. And rather than it being like to do with sexism or racism, it's basically the shark is a metaphor for like PTSD for Ellen Brody. And it's, and mm. it's all in her head. Um and every yeah that's how I take it and she goes away on holiday and is still thinking about this shark and technically the the, the actress as well is probably like still trying to get out from under the shadow of Jaws and maybe came back to do Jaws four for that because she's still just in this um 
and yeah, and and the shadows of um, Jaws and the success it had. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So, what you're saying is she's the shock. <laughs> <laughs> right, hang on, hang on. She's the shock. Yeah, I'm getting that. I'm getting that in. Because what's the son um, called again? Is it is it Michael? I think it's Michael. And it. Whoa. Each. Whoa. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm just. I'm getting chills. I'm thinking. Are you? Are you getting a theory off? Well, or, um, it seems. It seems like you're getting a theory <laughs> off right now. Each time Michael encounters the shark, he wakes up from a dream. So you could actually say there was never a shark. Um, like because there's the shark scenes, and then he either wakes up from a nightmare or the next scene is him waking up in bed and it's like, was it in his head or is the shark there in the Caribbean until the end where you've got that scene together where mum who's suffering from PTSD and son who's suffering from it have to f- come together to get over their issues. So you're saying Mario Van Peebles is the shark. Is that what you're saying? You're not saying that. Um. We could go along those lines, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember people. No, you know, no. Sorry, Gary. I'm being very facetious, but um, no, no, I think no. you, I think you're on, you're on the correct line here, my dude. Um, I can tell you what kind of took me out of the film. What I found the most interesting is the, um, the very overly sexual nature of, uh, or the very healthy sex life that um, the son has with his partner, Michael has. And then also the kind of freedom that the daughter has with her mother-in-law uh, discussing their sex life, which I find um, uh, abhorrent. Um, it was really? really weird. I think it was really weird. I Isn't agree. that weird, though? I don't know, man. I think, in, I think in liberal households and shit, I think it's all right to be like, hey, look, don't worry, man. Your son's coming all the time. Like he's not, he's not doing this weird research shit out of some self hatred. He's jizzing. He just likes the shark stuff. I just think it's weird that like, yeah, there's the mums there and the mums chatting to the to her mother-in-law and she's like, listen, your son just comes bucket loads. And honestly, he fucking I couldn't move the other day. I was I, I was stuck to the bed. Um, I was baked in your son's jet. It's really your little, boy, your little boy, he fucks. Oh, what a cannon. You should see the dick vein on this guy. It's the size of my thumb. Beautiful. You should see that thing. Really, you 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 fucking you got a, you crapped a great one out, your vag. Great one. <laughs> um I think it's very weird to have that discussion. Yeah, I noticed um, that as well when I was like I was taken out of it more from that conversation than the fact that the shark growls like a lion at the end when it dies. I was like, <laughs> I'll believe that, but I ain't believing this conversation. <laughs> yeah, that was an odd one. And um, again, shouts to them having a lovely uh, sexual relationship. A ve- again, a very precocious child that I didn't care for. Um, this might have been the only time that I've actively, actively rooted for like, yeah, we need to, I think the, the shark needs to get this kid. <laughs> Um, a very nosy little kid just saying things that shouldn't be said. Um, everyone's coming from the funeral. We're all sad. Um, and then the, and the kid's like, oh, so where's, uh, where's dad? Is is he coming back? Where's uncle, whatever his name is. Is he coming back? I want a sandwich. I'm like, read the room. Kid, look around you. Everyone's, everyone's really sad. Why are you bringing this up? I think the kid. I think the kid could have gone, and I wouldn't have felt. I wouldn't have felt bad. 
Look, man, I also, another scene that was like, and I, I knew this was going to be a slog because um, it starts at Christmas and I'm already, I'm like, no, this is a summer movie. Don't start at Christmas. And um, she starts the she starts the movie and she's like, uh, your man has just been murdered, been uh, bitten in half. And um, she, uh, the mom goes, I want all of you, I want nothing to do with the sea. All of you, stay away from the sea. Never go to the sea. Smash cut <laughs> on a plane to the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> the very next is like, oh man, this poor woman, she's stuck. She's stuck to the damn sea. <laughs> Can I ask a, a, a quick question? How did you guys watch this film? How, Sam, how did you watch it? Gary, how did you watch it? I watched but what, what were the on, conditions? On like, how did you... Oh, dude, yeah, just f fucking horribly brain dead, but like in in bed, just I, alone, just alone thinking. What about you, Why? Um, so I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually have the Jaws box set, so I had I had a copy. I was fine. I was fine with that. What a nerd. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it was like a Monday night, eleven o'clock. Um, in bed. Yeah, I just. Oh, man. Leave my brain at the door and, oh, and just watch it. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. Guys, things went horribly wrong for the boy. Uh, last night I had some fish and chips, um, but it was very oily, so I got lots of heartburn. Um, so I woke up this morning. <laughs> I, swear, I woke up hungover from from eating fish and chips. Mm. Like my little tummy couldn't handle it. I woke up, I had a headache. <laughs> so I, I take two paracetamol. And I was like, all right, cool, here we go. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. Let me see this jaws right now. And um the very one of the very first scenes, like they cook up like she puts a fish, like a really big fish in the pan. And I swear yeah. God, I had like a fucking Vietnam flashback. Like I <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I, can't, I can't do it. There's something funny there as well because mm -hmm. I've got a note about that opening shot of the fish cooking, and I was thinking to myself, well, humanity has been eating fish since like the dawn of time, so maybe this is the revenge of you know marine life. Mm. <laughs> Basically, it's draws the revenge for actually eating us. We're going to eat you, and I think that'd be a better reading than what we actually get the rest of the film. Yeah absolutely man because it's like any other explanation makes the revenge not revenge it just makes it like oh it's just a well supposedly there eat. was a script version of this where in the caribbean there was some sort of voodoo witch doctor that was controlling the shark yes 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 and there's supposedly there's a novel of it and all of that is still in there so. Yes, that's what we want to see. Guys, Fuck. we have to move on. We have to move on, sorry, <laughs> uh, to uh, our categories. No. Mm. Uh, we always have uh, categories on this podcast, folks, where we compare these two films. Usually, the first uh, category that we have is the instant cancellation. Now, the instant cancellation is something that was okay in 1987, but if we do it now, it's like... Mm, not so much. Sam, kick us off. Uh, straight up, it's got to be... Um, Peebles, yeah. It's got to be Van Peebles and his wife's Dreadful. accent, man. Dreadful. It just has to be the awful Bahamas Caribbean accent. You 
you can t- you can turn it turns out still do that mm-hmm. today but you mm-hmm. shouldn't Gary what do you have yeah. for us between Jaws and Robocop um, I've probably got one for Robocop and it is um, give me two seconds just to flag this note up I apologise um, when the the ladies are getting cocaine snotted off their breasts and what's his name again it walks in Cla- uh, Clarence is it what Clarence walks in and he just says mm. bitches leave and it was just that's basically all they're there for you know um, yeah. there's barely any women in this film Lewis she does okay you know she's treated for like a cop but any other female characters are in there as eye candy yeah mm. yeah Sam also, to, to tag on to that, that bitch's leave line, ever since I was a kid, I've always had a thing with that because it's so weird because nobody speaks like that. You say leave bitches. Nobody comes in and goes, bitches, bitches leave. Comma, leave. Like, it's comma just, parenthesis. It's fucking weird. Such a weird yeah. way of saying it. Like uh, I have to go go with yeah. Sam. Merry men peoples. I didn't even bother looking at anything else. Um, weirdly woke moment. So that's the <laughs> moment that um, it was uh, weird for... It was kind of in the time of 1987. You're like, well, that's quite uh, progressive. Quite progressive. Quite progressive. Sam, what do you have for us? Uh, the Again, Jaws for the Revenge. It's the mum and Michael Caine's mm, romance, mm. right? Getting screen time in a film that isn't a film about old people romance. Normally, normally it's like, oh, I'm so dry. I can't do this anymore. But, you know, they were just like, yeah, old people mm. still like to fuck. That's Got cool. to lube, though, because they are very dry bits. Mm-mm. Mm, that salty air. <laughs> so, if you had to generate a sequel for Jaws or for Robocop, given that none of these, I think Jaws is probably the right one to go with because there wasn't any more after this. What would be the sequel? What would Jaws Five, the Revenge of Row 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 Row? What would that be? I would go first and just go. It just gives up with the Brody family and goes after Michael Caine for how bad he is in the film and goes after him. <laughs> Sam, what about you? Mm-mm. I'm 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 doing Robocop. I'm actually doing a different Words. sequel to Robocop because I would prefer it if Robocop 2 was... This is the thing. Where Robocop 1 ends is uh, Peter Weller just walks out of the boardroom and it's a great way, it's a great like, I don't need to know what happens next, but... I think it should be him going through a uh, half an hour of him going through therapy for what he's been through. And then the rest of the film is because he is this new entity. He has to go back to school and it's just Robocop trying to have like a high school life and make friends with teenagers and go prom. Oh, does he have to do like a, um, a Billy Madison style? <laughs> he, has to, he has to go through all of, it, all of school in a month. He has to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a cross between Billy Madison and she's all that. And he just has to, he has to get made up. I want um what's the name of the female police uh, the female police officer Lewis all right okay so here we go I'm gonna give them I'm gonna ship Robocop and Lewis they fall in love they get married then because of obvious limitations the relationship starts falling apart um think the montage from um Harold and Kumar where he falls in love with a bag of weed um <laughs> just a disintegration of a marriage uh robocop uh obviously doesn't eat any food he only eats that weird gruel so they can't <laughs> eat together 
And so she makes him a really nice meal and he's like, shut up, bitch. And he throws a plate against the wall and he's impotent because he doesn't have a penis and they didn't think about that. And she thought that she could do without it, but she can't. And so she starts cheating on him. But the problem is, as soon as she starts cheating on him, he just murders whoever, <laughs> whoever cheats on him. And so they, and it's like proper, it turns into like marriage story, uh, revolutionary road. And um, they should have broken up years ago, but like, the relationship has turned toxic and codependent. So they move into the suburbs and Robocop tries to live a normal life. We're getting into like Mad Men now. And <laughs> Robocop, <laughs> Robocop takes a job in a, in a New York advertising firm in the 50s. And um, he remembers that he used to be in the, in the Vietnam War, in the Korean War. But then um, he's really afraid that people will come and find out his previous identity. Um, and then we go, Phew, sorry. Um, can, I, can I add? It went, uh, went out of control. Can I add on to that though? Because I like it so much. When he goes on his killing spree and someone asks him why he did it and obviously Lewis has left him and he just sits out with the line, bitches leave. And yeah, <laughs> bitches, comma, leave. <laughs> bitches, parenthesis or colon. Um, it's impossible to say. It really is. No one knows which one is the correct one. Um, what's the last one we have, Sam? Usually, usually we have genre blender. Genre blender, yeah. So if you could turn this film ten degrees to the left and make it a slightly different genre, what would it be? Mm. Gary, you want to kick us off? Yeah, because I'm going to go with RoboCop, and if we go down more of the light-hearted comedy route, because it is for kids. What if it the same sort of formula as Last Action Hero? Because it's already doing that satire mm. thing, and it's like a kid watching it ends up in the film basically trying to tell Robocop he's not really he's a man and he's then trying to fight back and get his humanity back and then sees the real world. I would love that. So it's, I guess it would be like um, a crossover with Last Action Hero, I think would work perfectly. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to give a shout out to Jaws and I want it to be more goofy. I want it to be more like a Scooby-Doo film. In fact, I think the way to go is we make this an animation. We... Um, Hold on, let me just do this. Uh, we make it an animation feature and um, we make it a little bit more uh, goofy. We get the voodoo doctor in there. Um, all those accents also start becoming less offensive um, if you do it as a cartoon. So that's probably what I would do. Uh, I'm going to do Jaws. I'm going to do Jaws also. Um, and I'm going to tilt it. It's one of my favorite genres to go with is into that spotlight courtroom expose drama where it turns out the is it the, the Brody family it turns out the whole time for all the Jaws movies they've been going out drugging and aggravating these sharks so that they have work and it's the it you know what they thought Ghostbusters were doing what the mayor thought Ghostbusters were doing but that's true and it's like Mark Ruffalo and Michael Keaton being like these guys have just been abusing sharks on a scale they like we've knew. never seen <laughs> <laughs> they do. Uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, guys, I think that's all we have um, for today. Unless, uh, yeah, have you been watching anything interesting? Was there anything you'd like to recommend, Gary, that you watched recently? Oh, I've been put right in the spot. Um, yes, I have been watching a show on Amazon Prime called Hunters, and it is about um, Al Pacino. Is that one with yeah, yeah, basically hunting Nazis, but it's it's got some like light-hearted moments in it. it doesn't take itself too seriously and it's gruesome but also an easy watch and it's like that mm. fine line but mm. i'm out five episodes in and 
I do recommend it, yeah. Sweet. Sam, what about you? Uh, yeah, I just started watching the reboot of Saved by the Bell. Fucking hell. You are so deep into the fucking uh, 80s, Dude. 90s and stuff. You, honestly, at this Dude. rate. <laughs> it's so much better. Uh, it's the same thing with Cobra Kai. It has no right being as good as it is. But it's uh, it's Tracy Wigfield who did uh, Great News, mm. if you ever saw that show. So it's, it's that, John Michael Higgins. It's just fucking joke, 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 joke. Just really tight writing. You fucking son of a bitch, Sam. Because you know what you, you're doing now. Now you're going to watch You know it. what you're doing. I hate when you do this. Yeah. Now you're going to make me, you put me complicit in your bullshit. Because I'm going to watch it, I'm going to love it. And then I have yeah. to go and say to grown adults who pay their taxes <laughs> and commute into work when they can, oh, you should really watch Saved by the Bell, the reboot. It's really good. You fucking... It's so funny. You animal. You absolute animal. Um, oh, my God. Uh, what did I watch? I watched... This is a movie that's fun to talk about, but it's not a very good movie. Is I watched Bombshell. Uh, Charlize Tron, Nicole Kidman, uh, Margot Robbie, and it's about the, uh, the kind of the, how they took down Roger Ailes at Fox News, um, the predatory scumbag. And I, I'm going to put the thing out. It's not a very good movie, but it is hella fun. It's really fun to talk about because it's not good in very interesting ways. So if you want to have to chat about something, I think that's a good way to go. Um, anything else, Sam? Nah, I that's, I that's, that's it for Gary, us. Gary, give us a plug again for your uh, for your podcast. Um, yeah, so it's called Choose Film, a real retrospective. Um, we're always looking for new guests and people to get on. We're not just wanting to have filmmakers on. We want to, you know, if you're just a big fan of films and you like doing podcasts and stuff, you can email us at choosefilmpodcast at hotmail.com. And yeah, you can give us a listen and tell us what you think. Yeah, fantastic. All right, guys. I think that's uh, that's it for the day. All right. Um, remember, like and subscribe. Tell a friend, you know. Tell a friend if you fuck with it. And again, only if you fuck with it. Just tell them, eh, better than you think. Um, very crucial, guys. Please, don't raise expectations. All right? If you tell someone, if you recommend the podcast, please, just, eh, it's better, you know, better than you think. We'll take that. Um, all right, until next time. Bye, guys.